0: Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, you can email me. I'm at Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. And if you miss a show, you come in the middle. All the shows are archived. Check them out on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iArt Radio, Amazon Music, Google, Audible, and other places where you get your podcasts. Just look up my name, maybe the guest, and boom, voila, it should show up. Uh, if you have any problems or anything, again, you can email me at SaturdayswithJoyKeys@hotmail.com. I want to thank everybody who has donated. You can donate via PayPal. It's Saturdays with Joy Keys on PayPal, Uh, but I want to thank the people who have donated to help the show uh, running. This morning, well, this month, let me put it that way, is Sickle Cell Awareness Month, and I have two experts on this morning to discuss it. I'm not an expert. I mean, I know a little bit, because, yes, I have done shows before, but I like to have the experts on so that you know, nobody can be like, Joy, what are you talking about? <laughs> but this morning, um, I have Regina Hartfield. She's the CEO and President of the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America. Uh, Ms. Hartfield served on the Association's Board of Directors for three years, including as Chair of the Fundraising Committee. Previously, she managed federal, state, and commercial contracts for CVP an information technology consulting firm in Virginia and Maryland. Good morning, Ms. Hartfield.
1: Good morning, Joy. Thank you so much for having us here today.
0: Thank you again as I said earlier, I know it's Saturday, people like to sleep in, so I appreciate you taking the time to discuss this uh, important illness. My other guest is Servio Astasio. Is that correct, Servio?
2: Yes, that's correct, Joy.
0: So, he is dealing with sickle cell, and I don't want to go too much into his bio because I want him to talk about it uh, during our interview. Um, but I want to thank you as well again for coming on this morning and having to wake up. Uh, where are you guys located in the country? Uh, Serbia, where are you located?
2: Well, um, just I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for having me, Joy. It is truly a pleasure to, you know, come on to your to your podcast and to be able to share my story and also spread awareness on, you know, sickle cell disease and sickle cell anemia. Um, and I am currently living in Miami, Florida.
0: Oh, you're in a nice, warm Miami. Woo!
2: The, beat, the <laughs> yes, sun. Yes. Uh, and
0: Regina? Yes, the wonderful um, weather. Uh, uh, where, the wonderful weather, right? Regina, where are you uh, located?
1: And I'm located in Maryland, which is not as warm,
0: <laughs> but equally
1: as lovely. <laughs>
0: yes, Maryland is very nice. I've been to Maryland, uh, many parts, um, D.C., DMV area, as they call it, that, that, that mm-hmm. section. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, for, for those of you who don't nice. know, I'm in Philadelphia. So this show, uh, this is the beauty of uh, this technology. We can uh, talk and we in different locations. So let's start out. I'm going to start with you, Regina. What are some of the symptoms of sickle cell? How would somebody even know that they had sickle cell anemia? Well,
1: sickle cell disease is an inherited condition. And um, it comes from parents in much the same way as your blood type or hair color or eye color and other physical traits. Um, There are types of hemoglobin that a person makes in the red blood cells and it depends upon which hemoglobin genes the person inherits from his or her parents. Um, So, when a child is born with sickle cell disease, usually the first, uh, they are tested um, and they will have symptoms of incredible pain. Um, and these are called pain crises, and this occurs when the shape of your of their red blood cells um, sickle and form a crescent shape, and they can block small blood vessels, and less blood will reach the areas that um, where these these blo- these sickled blood cells coagulate, and so parts of the body that don't normally reach the that normally reach a very healthy blood flow. Once mm-hmm. it gets clogged with these sickle cells, these organs and those parts of the body can become damaged. And um, there's now, incredible pain for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I believe they didn't always test. Servio, do you know that Did they not always test for sickle cell uh, in the past? Um, and that was something that, was, that, that like, got changed, like a law got changed to, to make people get tested as, as babies. Is that correct? So uh,
2: I was born in the Dominican Republic, so I, I can't really speak about as far as, you know, legislation and developments uh, for early screening and early testing. Um, and also, I, I think here in the United States, that was developed after, you know, I was born. So my parents, no, they they never did any tests. I, I'm, I'm not even sure if they knew what sickle cell was. And that's normally mm-hmm. the case of many parents that, that have uh, children. And their children either have the traits or have the disease; they don't know that they have the sickle cell they don't they number one did not know that they had the sickle cell trait, and number or number two, they didn't even know what sickle cell was
0: yeah yeah and and that's the thing you just mentioned uh, Regina, you talked about this trait now people I understand can have a trait but not have sickle cell, but when the two parents come together and they both have the trait, that's when it's most likely that, like, I think it's one in two child children will, will get sickle cells. Is that, is that correct, Regina?
1: That is correct. Um, I, I also just wanted to kind of go back for a second. Um, the, the newborns have been tested in the United States since uh, 1975. Um, there was the first state that implemented that, and then subsequently several states started um also enacting that and, and testing for newborns. But yes, um, you can have parents. Interestingly, I just met my third set of twins with um who have one has sickle cell disease and the other has the trait and they're twins. Mm. Um, so, mm. yes. Yeah, so it's very, and then I met a, another set of twins where, um, one does not have sickle cell disease, and one has the disease. So, um, so you're absolutely right. It really will depend on whether or not both parents have the trait, one or both parents have the actual disease. That will uh, affect the outcomes of um, what their children are born with, too.
0: Now, according to um, the statistics on your website, one in 12 African-Americans children will have the sickle cell trait. Now, Servio, you said you were born in the Dominican Republic. Um, how did you find out that you had sickle cell?
2: I found out uh because uh, because of the the screening that Regina mentioned. The I you know, I was I was diag- I was I was born in the Dominican Republic and I was also diagnosed in the in the DR. Uh it was actually my parents that they figured out um, because I was having, uh, I was very yellowish and I had episodes of, you know, rigidness and I would put my arms up and and fevers and things like that. So they decided to take me to the doctor and that's when I was diagnosed with sickle cell anemia.
0: Now, when you started growing up, do you remember what did they do to help you to deal with
2: um, the symptoms and what other symptoms did you develop as you gr- you grew my dad was very good at keeping me up to date and and finding the best doctors for me. So that's something that I always had and I'm you know grateful for. And he always made sure that all of my vaccines were updated, especially the normal the or the vac vaccine, and all the other vaccines that I needed. Um, so that's how my symptoms were very you know were very managed, and I had very little sickle cell crisis when I was when I was you know growing up. Now, you know, during the process of, you know, teenage years where it, you know, it's not, much, it's not much of your parents holding your hand. It's more like, you know, they start letting go and you start having more fun with friends and things like that. And you become more independent. Then, you know, unfortunately, your, your, their care for you starts, starts to diminish. And then you start experiencing more symptoms. Like, for instance, fatigue, start getting headaches. Um, mm. You start getting, what I, what I did notice was more uh sickle cell crises and and uh, more frequent. That that was that was something that I didn't notice.
0: Oh, uh, Regina, is that something you you hear a lot when people become teenagers? Is that have to do with the hormones that are going through our bodies at that time? That people develop more well, symptoms? E-
1: yes, exactly. We um we know that once someone um, with sickle cell disease as a child, it leaves the pediatric healthcare system. Um, during that transition, it's, it's a very difficult time for all kinds of reasons, including those that you mentioned. But one of the, the main problems is that during that transition time, just as Servio said, you know, they are expected as they're getting older to take over the care, their own care. Um, because they're moving to adult health care and, and into the adult health care system, which is, is more independent. And so what Servio mentioned is the experience that we've heard from so many. Um, their parents are not as involved, not because they don't want to be, but because it is time to turn over that care. And in yeah. the adult health care system, there are not necessarily enough health care providers who are well-versed in sickle cell disease, much less sickle cell mm-hmm. disease in adolescents. Um, the the okay. locations um, that with the treatment areas that they have, if they even have a sickle cell disease treatment area, um, really is not fully equipped to handle that. So we have people who are coming, uh, we call them warriors, uh, the warriors who come to the emergency rooms and are, are treated with um, in a manner that is just unacceptable. Um, People don't believe that they're in the pain that they're in. They have to prove, almost prove, that they have sickle cell disease. And very often because of the pain that they're in and the fact that they require some very serious um, medications, uh, they're seen as drug seekers and uh, are not given the medication and the quality of care that they demand and that they they, um, deserve.
0: Now, I said earlier one in 12 African Americans or people of color, Mediterranean regions have sickle cell in America. Now, the traits. Now, Regina, can uh, Caucasian, can white people have sickle cell disease? Absolutely. Can Asian people? (laughs) Okay, go ahead. This is a glo-
1: sickle cell disease is a global issue um, and uh, the, the number we have and that we quote is 1 in 13 African-Americans carry the sickle cell trait and may not know um, 2,000 babies are born with sickle cell disease annually in the United States. Latinos have the second most common incidence in the U.S. with one out of every 16,300 Hispanic Americans born with sickle cell disease, but that's in the United States. Um, Sickle cell disease is prevalent in many countries in Africa, um, India, throughout the Mediterranean, in Israel, Italy, all across the globe. And what we are finding is that all across the globe. And what we are finding is that um, there are di- inconsistencies in the treatments that are available, in the stigma. Well, the stigma is, is consistent across the board. A lot of people try not to talk about it. A lot of people, um, you know, well, this we'll is, could be family members, caregivers, individuals. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the yes, you can
1: be Caucasian and have sickle cell disease. Absolutely.
0: Now, Servio, now that you um, are older, you know you have sickle cell. Has anyone else in your family been tested for the trait? Have you found out that anyone else in your family had
2: it? Um, no, I have not found out any, anybody in my family has had it. I, I just know that my dad had it, my dad has it, I'm sorry, and my mom had it, the, the trait, and mm-hmm. her you know I, and, and it is broken down by percentages. So her percentage was higher than than my dad's.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's that's, that's the only relatives that I am aware of that had sickle cell traits. Now, um now this might be personal, but
0: say you wanted to have a child because you have sickle cell, you would have to find somebody who didn't have the trait. Is that is that how I'm understanding it? If you wanted to have a child maybe with a higher chance of not having it?
2: I would say that that's an acceptable uh, moral judgment to make, yes.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, or there's also adoption. People adopt children, all kinds of ways of having children. But I was, yes, that's a very traditional way of saying <laughs> trying to have a child. But um, yeah. now now that you're older, how did you get connected with the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America?
2: Uh, I, I got connected because, it, it You know, it started in 2019 when I, where I, I was invited to go to Washington, D.C. to speak for sickle cell advocacy, and that was actually in, in, in April of 2019. I I took a road trip because I couldn't take a plane, and I ended up uh, going, and, you know, from then on, I, I just got in contact with some people, and one thing led to another, and um, I went ahead and I participated in a roundtable with Secretary Becerra, and that's where I met Regina. Wow, that
0: is like an amazing story from Miami all the way up the East Coast, and then you're, you're speaking uh, with the national organization. Were you nervous when you got there?
2: Um, well, it was actually virtually, so that helped. And um, but you know, it, it, you're the way that I think about it is that you're always going to be nervous, but you you just have to stay, you just have to stay focused, and and you have to. Um, Keep your eye on the objective, and I'm very driven to speak about sickle cell advocacy, um, to inspire uh, treatment, to, disp- to inspire development and, and research. So you know, everything else is just second to me. You know, as far as like nervousness and anxiousness, that's that's all that's all in last place.
0: Well, that's good to hear. I'm hope I'm hoping you're not too nervous this morning. <laughs>
2: um, no, not at all. Regina, no. no.
0: No, good, good. Um, Regina, I've been reading that, you know, the spleen uh, has a special um, space with sickle cell. Why is the spleen important in relation to sickle cell?
1: So I would... I will defer to the medical community and our sickle cell disease uh, medical experts on that. But I can say that there is the potential for incredible um, organ damage uh, because of sickle cell disease, and um, so there is kidney disease. um, uh, It affects the spleen most definitely. It can affect um, vision, delayed growth, uh, and as Also, as um, Servio mentioned, infections and and fatigue. So, yes, it can really do quite a number on the organs within the body. And people also are not aware that even if you don't have sickle cell disease, but you carry the trait, the trait under certain circumstances can also um, cause complications. And that is usually when someone... Is, is training very hard at doing it, you know, a strenuous exercising. Uh, you're at different uh, altitudes, things like that. And um, it will affect them. Very often, and so Mm. a lot of times people with trait don't even realize they have it. They are feeling generally healthy, and and they don't know. And then to also um, piggyback on what Servio said earlier, if one parent has sickle cell anemia and the other is normal, all of the children will have sickle cell trait.
0: So that's something to keep in mind. Keep in mind. Now, uh, Servio, I was reading in your bio that you weren't able to go into the military, but you uh, have been able to work. Can you talk about that experience of working and having sickle cell and how someone who has sickle cell, if they're out there, what are some things they can do to kind of uh, balance or, you know, try to get a balance and, and, and keep their exacerbations down while they're
2: working? Well, um, like you mentioned, yes, the, the thing about the military, I couldn't go because of the psychoso anemia and my grandfather's. they were both in the military, and so I was very inspired to do that, and eventually, uh, because I couldn't go, I decided to pursue my you know pursue a career in business. and the way that the way that that helped I, I was able to manage uh, that career and sort of find a balance mm-hmm. was you know working hours and things like that and making sure to take your required breaks. Uh, and making sure, of course, that you're staying hydrated, and also learn to distinguish between, you know, anxiety because anxiety can be can be very um, can be very deterring to your physical health. Um, mm-hmm. I felt be- you know, when when I have, when I ha- I've had situations where I've had an- when I've had when an- I've had anxiety, um, I start having some sort of physical pain that was completely unrelated to my health. And, mm. you know, to be able to try to keep those nerves and to keep that stress and to keep that anxiety down, that way your physical health s- feels, you know, optimal, that's actually yeah. something that I would say, that that would be a piece of advice that I would say to keep that balance. Now,
0: do you have to go, uh, are you on a special diet? Are there certain exercises that you do that help more than others?
2: I well, what I do is that I don't have a diet. I I, I eat anything, but I do make sure to to eat. You, <laughs> know what you supposed eat anything? Eat. Okay, <laughs> that wasn't the answer I was expecting. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but I do make sure that I do uh, my morning walks and my, and my afternoon walks, and walking does help you uh, physically and mentally because you know exercise it it can it can create endurance and it can give you clarity of mind. Mm. Now, Regina,
0: the organization. I noticed that they have a lot of great links on there, and one of them is a clinical trials. What are some medicines that people? Are you aware of the medicines that people have to take? Um, And is there a cure on the horizon?
1: Well, this is just an incredible landscape for sickle cell disease right now. And we do believe that there is a cure, a universal cure, or there are, there are going to be therapies that are going to greatly improve the quality of life for those living with sickle cell disease. So I, you know, I always say to people, I believe we are right there, but um, the treatments that and medications that people, um, take uh, can be hydroxyurea, uh, glutamine, I always say this wrong, voxelotor and chrysalizumab, but um, those can also help reduce the severity of sickle cell disease. It's also important to have screening for early detection of the trait and, and of the disease. I don't think a lot of people realize that you can be an adult and have sickle cell disease and not know it until you are diagnosed with it in an older age, as an adult or an older teenager. So not everyone is aware of it when when they are born. Um, either they lose the information or if they're not born in this country and it's not required, they don't ever have it, similar to what um, Servio was saying. Right now, yeah, bone I mean, marrow, I'm, um, transplant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say no, that in gonna terms gonna say of a I cure. I be was
0: born before, 70, before 75, so... I may or may have I may or may not have been tested myself for, for sickle cell. Yeah, probably um I, I would know. have to Yeah. Yeah, I probably wasn't. Um but go ahead, you were gonna continue? Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say in terms of a cure right now, the only option is a bone marrow transplant, which is also known as a stem cell transplant. And in some Mm -hmm. cases it has cured uh, sickle cell disease, but not everyone can qualify for that. And they're not all eligible for that. So, and there are some associated risks. So that's why we don't look at it as a universal cure, but um, on our clinic, on our website, we have a clinical trial, um, Finder, and people can go to www.sicklecelldisease.org and search for our clinical trial finder. Actually, the button is right there. And one of the other things that we offer is a mobile app for the clinical trial finder on your phone. So, Hmm. and we find this to be incredibly important because making a decision to participate in a clinical trial is a very personal and a very um, important decision. And I'm sure Servio can attest to this, that when you're making these kind of um, decisions, you talk to the people who have supported you and who are important in this kind of a decision-making process. You're not always in front of your computer when you have it. But I tell you, we're always carrying our phones. And so you yes. can download the app. It's free. It takes a couple of seconds. Just make a password and you're in. And all of the information is right there. You can share it with your family and have these meaningful, important discussions together about pursuing uh, participation in a, in a clinical trial. And I the want to other thing your phone is phone number. Phone number, sure. Four one zero five two eight one five five five. And um, unfortunately, our offices are still closed because of COVID, but we, will, um, we do try to check our voicemail as much as possible. If anything, they can um, email us at info at uh, sicklecelldisease.org,
0: and we will respond. Servio, have you um, been involved in any
2: clinical trials?
0: Uh, or if not, have, do you know anybody who has, and what was their, what was their experience?
2: I have not known anybody, um, and I, have, I myself have not partaken in any clinical trials. Um, the only thing that I've done, which is not really a clinical trial, is taking hydroxyurea. I was prescribed that um, November last year, and I've been taking it. And I can say that I've had very good improvement in my health. I, I have not been hospitalized because of a, a, a crisis or, or I haven't had a, a blood transfusion since I started taking the hydroxyurea.
0: Now, how has COVID, this situation, uh, COVID, uh, affected you, and maybe others with uh, sickle cell? Do you, can you talk about the impact of COVID on
2: Yes, I did actually get COVID, and I did get one of the one of the you know uh, weaker strains. But I, uh, the first day, I can say the first day I wasn't feeling. I knew something was wrong, but the second day I felt very disoriented. Um, I felt like I was I, I couldn't walk in place. Um, I felt very dizzy, and I felt like I had a fever. No, well, I did actually have a fever, um, 102, and I had to go to the hospital. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and they, you know, thankfully because uh, I went to the hospital, I was able to qualify, be one of the individuals that qualified for the uh, for the prescription medication that you know you have to take over a period of 6 days or so um for to to get rid of covid and you know i was i was healthy but i think um for people with i think covid ha- it has been affecting everybody in in a very negative way but people with sickle cell anemia especially because we're more prone and and more vulnerable to 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 infection and also uh to, you know to just, just fevers and th- and other things that can that can come with it like pneumonia
0: now do you um suggest that people get the um vaccines servio what has your doctor or what doctors have talked to you about that is that that's
2: important yes i do actually recommend for people to get the vaccine um and and you know for just as an added layer of of protection sort of an added layer of security and my doctor has also recommended uh, for me to get my vaccine well,
0: I want to let people know that um, I'm not a doctor, Servi is not a doctor, and as Regina said, she's not a doctor. So I want to encourage you to talk to your own, you know, um, primary care physicians uh, or other doctors that you're dealing with to get specific health care information for yourself. Um, I don't want you to go around saying, Joy said I should do this and, and then you know something you know wrong happens uh but most of the information that i try to give out is very truthful uh and uh on point you can verify to go to the cdc or the nih or whatever and verify any of these things that we've been talking about this morning they're all true this is not a fake information situation but again still talk to your individual uh, primary care physician about what your health plan should be um Regina, can you mention your phone number again and your email again uh, for the organization?
1: Sure. Our email is www.sicklecelldisease.org. Our phone number is 410-528-1555. I want to also comment on what you just said. You're 100% right. People should especially those living with sickle cell disease should uh, reach out to their caregivers and their healthcare providers rather, um, because sickle cell is very individualized. And so one person's, um, Condition and and the uh, complications from it is not the same as the other persons. Um, one of the things I also wanted to mention about the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America is that we are composed of 53 community-based organizations that and it spans 29 states. So. Um, Most likely, your listeners live in a state that has a Sickle Cell Disease Association of America chapter. Um, Mm -hmm. The chapters collectively serve over 500,000 children and adults living with sickle cell disease. They are on the ground. They work with um, individuals and caregivers and health care providers every day, all day. And support families. You have a map with all you kinds guys have of information. A map we have a map, yes.
0: That yes, people can just it's click on, on our website. State. You just, yep.
1: hmm. You can click on it. Where, for example, Servio is in Florida. We have many chapters, but we go out as far as California, Michigan, Chicago. We are every Atlanta. North and South Carolina, New York, where Oregon, we are Nevada. all over. Oregon, exactly. <laughs> yes. exactly. all
0: over. Um, also, exactly. I just want to mention that, um, you know, there are caregivers that are helping people deal with this illness. What are some suggestions, and this will be my last question, Servio, what would you tell people, caregivers, what are some tips you can give them and to be sensitive uh, and, and more, I guess, empathetic to someone who's dealing
2: with a uh, sickle cell? Some of the advice that I would give them is, number one, to make sure that they stay hydrated because hydration is one of the uh, greater causes for uh, sickle cell triggers. And I would actually heavily emphasize on hydration. And also, as far as, you know, like, understanding um you know people with sclerosis they go through the same pain uh repeatedly many times over you know the same it could be weekly it could be monthly and to have uh, an understanding of the of the medical condition because something that you don't understand you're you know you're going to get frustrated and you're going to you're going to say oh wow you know this again but if you actually have an understanding and you're knowledgeable about the condition you know that episodes can be sporadic, episodes can be repetitive, episodes can be persistent. And that way, with that type of understanding, with that knowledge, as they say knowledge is power, you can give better treatment and you can understand the other person because everybody Mm -hmm. is different. How sickle cell affects you or affects me or affects the next person, it could be three different scenarios, but it can have one common denominator, that's sickle cell anemia. Mm. Exactly. Well, I I want
0: to thank you guys both for coming on this morning, uh, Regina Hart Servio Saggio. I really appreciate you taking the time to share this information. It's so important. This month is sickle cell awareness month, uh, but any month or any day there are people dealing with sickle cell. So I don't want people to be, oh, this is the only month we should be concerned about sickle cell disease. We should be concerned about it uh, 365 days of the year because. 365 days of the year, there are people who are suffering from it. And as the statistics stated, Regina mentioned earlier, one in 13 people, uh, African-Americans and people of color in America, are dealing with this. So if you look to your left and your right and you're on the bus, there might be somebody there who's dealing with sickle cell disease. Just think about that. You're on the bus, look to your left, look to your right, you're on the train, you're in a car on the highway, uh, one in 12 one in 12 people are dealing with this illness, um, and uh, so it's really important to uh, maybe volunteer if you, if you have the time. I'm sure that this organization would appreciate volunteers across the country. Um, and um, Servio, thank you for, for being an advocate, even though, you know, you're dealing with your own pain at times, but you are still being a warrior, as Regina said. That's really great, really great. And Joy, the
1: um, education awareness building is so important, and we hope that people will come to our website to find out what's all going on um, throughout the United States for Sickle Cell Awareness Month and beyond, and join us for our national convention, which is October 11th through 15th. It's virtual. And um, you can register if you just go to our website again, www.sicklecelldisease.org. You can register and come join us. But more importantly, as you said, every day, sickle cell disease is with us every single day. And there's a lot of information on our website that can support caregivers as well as those living with sickle cell disease. Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Sergio, you wanted to say something? I, 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 we got cut off a little bit there.
2: Oh, yes. I just wanted to thank you also. Thank you. Thank you, Joy, for having us here and for giving us, you know, your platform so we can uh, share and educate everybody else and raise awareness on civil anemia. And thank you, Regina, for also inviting me to join you and for also working with me in this process. It was a pleasure meeting you both, and it was a pleasure uh, being here in your, in your podcast.
0: Well now, Sylvia, you can go eat whatever you want now. <laughs> you can go eat some pancakes. <laughs> uh, 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 I don't, I don't know what the specialty is down there in Miami, but uh, you can, you can go do that or go back to sleep. Um, and and Regina, uh, you can also go and, and have some brunch or something <laughs> somewhere. Well, <laughs> okay. thank you so. It's weekend, an honor okay? to be
1: here with you today, Joy. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. All right. I will talk to you Thank soon. You. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.
1: Thank you, bye-bye everybody.
0: Now. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, this is, again, Sickle Cell Awareness Month. I just got off the phone with uh, Regina Hartfield. She's the president and CEO of the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America and also advocate Servio Asaccio. He is living with sickle cell disease, and he shared his story. So if you missed that information no worries this is going to be archived about 15 minutes from now or so you'll be able to listen to this on itunes iHeartRadio, amazon music stitcher spotify google audible various places where you uh, get your podcast you can also check me out on twitter at joy keys also on facebook saturday mornings with joy keys And on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. I might be doing a giveaway this weekend, so you want to keep your eyes open for that. And usually I make people email me the answer. The first person who emails the answer is the winner. So keep an eye out on the social media. Follow so you can possibly be a winner. Thank you guys again for supporting the show. Uh, Check out PayPal. You can donate there. That's Saturdays with Joy Keys at PayPal. And thank you for the people who have already donated. And thank you guys for all your support. Have a wonderful weekend.